grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied to you from God our Father and the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hear your Jesus' explanation of the parable of the weeds. Then Jesus left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sows the seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. And the harvest is the close of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with fire, so it will be at the close of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Because Thanksgiving is a national holiday, it is, it is more of a national holiday than it is a church holiday, and we do not have to feel guilty if we are not fully religiously engaged. Thanksgiving can legitimately be passed off as a family holiday, which of course it is. So those who only get together with their families have fulfilled the obligations for this day. Tomorrow morning, weather permitting, 30 and 40-year-old men will be playing touch football, pretending that they are still in college. The holiday is so unreligious that it, has, it is now being called Turkey Day. On Christmas and Easter, borderline Christians have to work to push Jesus out of the way, even though the two other animals, Rudolph the imposter reindeer and the Easter bunny, are already center stage. On Thanksgiving Day, all of this is necessary, all that is necessary for some people is that they are thankful in some kind of undefined way. Of course, Jesus is the problem. He always gets in the way. If for Christians Jesus means salvation, for non-Christians he is simply annoying, especially if what he said about himself proves to be true. Christ Jesus is not simply another philosopher, but everything depends upon who he is and what he did. At least, is this is, at least that's what he says about himself. In today's gospel just read, Jesus describes himself as the judge to whom everyone will have to give an account about what he has done or left undone. Here again that gospel. The Son of Man will send his angels and will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers and throw them into the furnace of fire. There men will weep and gnash their teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. That's about as straightforward as it gets. For their own emotional stability, Unbelievers have to put as much distance between themselves and Jesus as possible, but in the end, nobody can escape. 
Thanksgiving concludes nature's predictable cycles. Freezing temperatures this past week have already taken the last glow of what remains of a warm autumn. In the cycle of nature, from spring to winter, we see a reflection of our own lives, from conception to birth, to adolescence, to parenthood, to old age, and finally death. The times of our lives correspond to the seasons, just as it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to gather. With Thanksgiving, the time of gathering has come to an end. Field cover, fields covered with snow have been stripped of their crops, and trees have been relieved of their fruit to provide, again, a bountiful harvest. Then the spring comes, and the cycle repeats itself again. One, one season follows another season, and so we conclude this here on Thanksgiving. The endless, on this Thanksgiving, the endless cycle slips into neutral, and we pause to reflect on how God has provided for us in this past year. We are alive, but we are more than alive. We are well-fed and clothed, and so we wait for another spring with the hope that the God who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, will bring the dead earth to life again. With these kinds of thoughts, the pilgrims celebrated the first Thanksgiving. They, they left Plymouth, England in the fall of 19, 1620, and before they landed in Cape Cod, Massachusetts, the cold Atlantic had begun to devour their dead. Upon reaching these shores, the frozen ground opened up its mouth to consume entire families in its deathly grip. Those who survived were weakened by a dreadfully cold winter. Life was purged on the edge of a knife. Others before them had left England for North Carolina and Maine, but they disappeared into the wilderness. There was no reason for hope, but the spring came, and those pilgrims who slipped through the fingers of death planted the seed that produced a harvest, and for this they gave thanks to God. For their resolute faith, their determination, their dependency on God, comes the tradition that on this day in November, we render thanks to God not only for ordinary life, but for the life that in Christ Jesus survives death. Though we thank God for the ordinary things of food, house, home, family, life is never ordinary, because God, who is life in himself, chose to give life to every one of us. It is he who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are the work of his hands, Self-made men are fictions of their own imagination. Anyone who claims that who he is and what he has is, a, is 
has is of his own doing, is a fool. But for us, Thanksgiving is the day we acknowledge that God is our creator, our redeemer, and sanctifier. Thanksgiving is chiefly a national holiday. We said that before. The 4th of July celebrates the birth of the nation by the proclamation of the Declaration of Independence in 1776. But our nation was conceived when those religious outcasts left England and landed on these shores with the determination to create a better England that became the United States of America. Regardless of our ethnic roots, regardless of our heritage, the way we think and live comes from those men and women who on this day in 1621 celebrated, in a, celebrated a day to give thanks to God. Thanking God is just another way of saying that we believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, through whom all things are made. Not acknowledging God as creator and not thanking him are signs of unbelief. The ancient peoples had their own forms of thanksgiving to show their appreciation to the gods for how generously their gods dealt with them in the previous year. It was a kind of an insurance policy hoping that the gods would continue to look kindly on them. Sacrifices, often human sacrifices, to these gods were payments, like paying off the mob so they do not put you out of business. Based upon the planting and harvesting season, the ancients created calendars to make sure that they would make their sacrifices to God on the most auspicious days. Missing an appointment with the gods could have disastrous, disastrous results. There is something in the human psyche that translates the cycle of nature into a religion. Nature can be understood scientifically with cause and effect, but it is hard not to recognize that something mysterious is at work in nature. Even irreligious people recognize and in an impersonal force in nature that they cannot fully explain. For others, nature takes the place of God, and they never come to the idea that behind what they see there might be a God. Two years ago, if you remember, I preached in this very place on the account of Jesus healing the ten lepers of which only one that was the Samaritan returned to give thanks. Nine were thankful, nine were content, and they were so content with their recovered health that they did not bother to go back and thank the one who gave them this health. And that person was Jesus. It is a perfect gospel for Thanksgiving, and it's the traditional one, because it levels an indictment against all those who are thankful only in the sense that they appreciate their good fortune, but do not think about the one from whom all this came. For them, contentment with one's, contentment with one's life is a synonym for thanking, but it is not. Thank is a transitive verb and must take an object. 
You just can't think. You have to thank someone. Those who say that they are thankful are probably saying little more that they are really lucky or better off than the next guy. If you have any grandchildren who have rarely bothered to write you a thank you note, you might know what it means that when God himself is not thanked. If you do not have grandchildren, think of the bridal couple that does not acknowledge the gift that you sent. In regard to etiquette, this is plain rude. In regard to God is the lack of faith, and there are consequences. By calling today Turkey Day, we do not have to bother with the grammar of the word thank. We don't have to think about somebody who has to be thanked. We are here in this place this evening on this Thanksgiving Day to thank the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing even before the world began. For this Thanksgiving, I chose to preach on the parable of a farmer whose hired hands discovered that someone deliberately scattered noxious weeds in his field. The story is not so far-fetched. There are reports of noxious weeds that are resistant to herbicides growing in parts in fields and parts of the Midwest. Left unattended, eventually those farmers could be bankrupt. In the parable, the owner tells his worker to pull out the weeds, not to pull out the weeds, but at the harvest he will send other workers to root out the weeds. While the wheat will be put into silos, the weeds will be burned. Jesus was not speaking of good farming practices. In the parable, the harvest is the judgment day, when the Son of Man, as Jesus called himself, will send his angels and take believers to himself for a, for a final and an eternal Thanksgiving day. And those who pretend to be Christians or who are not Christians will face the everlasting father, fire. You may have probably recognized that everything that we've said here from this place is only a rendition of the great thanksgiving hymn we just sang, Come, you thankful people, come. The first verse is about Thanksgiving Day, something that the pilgrims could have sung. Come, ye thankful people, come. Raise the song of harvest home, all is safely gathered in before the winter storms begin. God our maker doth provide for our wants to be supplied. Come to God's own temple, come. Raise the song of harvest home. The second verse is about the church with unbelievers scattered among believers. All the world is God's own field, fruit unto his praise to yield, wheat and tares together sown, unto joy or sorrow grown. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn shall appear. Lord of harvest, grant that we wholesome grain and pure may be. The third verse is about God's judgment of the harvest. For the Lord our God, for the Lord our God will come, and shall take his harvest home, for his, from his field shall in that day 
All offenses purge away, give his angels charge at last, in the fire the tares to cast, but the fruitful ears to store in his garner evermore. That about sums it up, all that we have to say about what Thanksgiving is all about. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.